Welcome to Harbor for the Arts podcast, where opera and all genres of the performing and creative arts meet lifestyle. The mission of this podcast is to enhance, inspire, educate, and entertain all listeners about the performing and creative arts. I'm your host, opera singer Bree Cooper, producer, podcast, and TV host, and a whole lot of other multi-hyphenates. Today's episode, we are going to explore where the idea of creativity and being innovative comes from, especially the ones that have a major impact on industry and society, and in the case of today's guests, an entire genre of music, specifically opera. During my research, according to Richard Foster, who is a lecturer at Yale School of Management and an emeritus director at McKinsey and Company, Only creativity, he says, is about making something new rather than merely applying or discovering something new. Creative solutions are insightful. They're novel, they're simple, they're elegant, and they're generative. When you find one creative idea, more often than not, it triggers other ideas in the same fashion. I thought this was really neat when it comes to my guest today, Bert Meninga, and please, Bert, correct me if I said your name incorrectly, I apologize. And he's well aware of this concept. He's quite different from some of my other guests that you may have heard on this podcast, but he's a really big fan of opera, and art is not just limited to what you see in, let's say, on an opera stage, but you can see it on TikTok and music education. And his music education consists of piano lessons and singing in choirs and his favorite pastime, which is TikTok. Bert, tell us a little bit more about how you got started in opera. And you are a native of Chicago, correct? I was born in Michigan, actually, in Ann Arbor. But I grew up in Chicago. My parents actually are like farm kids. They grew up with classical music, I guess, conservative religious background. That's where they came from. They weren't allowed to listen to other stuff. So that's where they came from. And my mother's actually a really good singer. So I grew up with classical music and I sang in like our church choir when I was a kid and I took piano lessons. And one of my father's, an LP that he had back when people had albums on vinyl was The Magic Flute. I listened to that. I wore that record out as a kid. And it was just highlights. It wasn't the whole thing. So when I was probably seven or eight or something, that was really my first exposure to opera. And then I think when I got to be a little older, I was more interested, sort of more fully in it. So I think Maybe the first opera I went to when I, on my 16th birthday, my parents gave me for a birthday present tickets to go to the opera, to the Lyric Opera in Chicago. So that was my first opera. It was Don Pasquale. My parents both fell asleep (laughs) in the opera, but I did not. And it was just, it was fun. I liked it. I have to be honest with you, with you, Brie. I'm not like a super opera fanatic more classical music in general, but I do like opera and I go typically a couple times a year, but I lived in Washington, DC actually. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, wow. How Uh, long did you live here? I lived there for about 15 years. Oh, nice. But I did go to the Washington Opera. My, My single best opera memory, which was super creative in Washington, DC, was not actually at the Washington Opera, although I saw it at the Kennedy Center, of course. 
And that was Ido and Aeneas, mm-hmm. uh, performed by this famous dancer, Mark Morris, which was very different. So they were dancers on stage dancing it, and the singers were in the pit. Oh, wow. But it was, yes, it's very different with orchestra and singers in the pit, and then people dancing to the singing on stage. And Totally very creative and something unlike anything else I've ever seen. I recommend he's done a number of classical music things. Mm -hmm. He did the Nutcracker Suite, a version of it. But this was just superb. It was a mind-opening experience, I think. Now that you talk about your appreciation for classical music specifically... So let's talk about your TikToks because I think they're amazing and they're really fun. And let me tell you, it's it's addictive because I will <laughs> watch an entire stream. Of, I'm like, at first I was kind of like, what is this? And then I watched the next one. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then I really got into them. Your TikTok handle is the Opera Buffalo, right? That is correct. And it's it's a pun. I came up with that handle because it's taking opera buffa to new mm-hmm. lows. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that, that's I love it because I thought there was going to be a spin on opera buffa. I was kind of like, but I yes. couldn't figure the rest out. And I was kind of like, I get yes. it. What is it? But I thought it was yes. just so neat and so apropos. How did you go from opera buffa to just starting this whole TikTok trend based on like your own artwork and your creativity in your brain and how you created these skits. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it actually started and like, I'm an old person. I'm 61. I was uh, with my goddaughter who was, I think, 17 at the time. So this was like three years ago. I had just gone on TikTok and I just put up some classical music with some, you know, just nature scenes or something. So I was very, very proud of myself and my technological savvy. I showed her, I got out my phone. It was her birthday, actually, and showed it to her. And she she was not impressed. She was just like, you can't do that on TikTok. You have to lip sync or you have to dance or do something. After that, I thought, okay, I have to lip sync or dance. What can I do It's like lip syncing, it's got to be opera then because I want to do classical music. I just decided for some reason, I don't know how I got into my head, but I took the little part from Don Giovanni where the statue, the commandatore sort of pulls Don Giovanni and sort of curses him and pulls him down to (laughs) hell, literally. (laughs) I took that. I wanted to take that part. I didn't have any costumes or any money for costumes or I wasn't even thinking that far ahead. But what I did was I took a piece of paper and I drew a helmet on it and I taped it onto my head. And then I just found the music and I did this, you know, you have that posted, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that was the one that I saw and I was kind of like, wow, (laughs) like, oh my gosh, these are great. I thought it was just really great how you did that. And I think this is when technology is great. TikTok is a lot of fun, Instagram, all of that. But when we really go back into our childhoods, for example, and the importance of play, we take that for granted now as technology has become very influential with all of us. But the ability to go outside and play and make up your own, whatever it is, your world. That's really important. I spent some time as a music educator as well. And our principal thought it was important for them to play and to find that time to just 
either play outside or spend 15 minutes finding ways to play and be creative and create playtime around maybe a lesson. That's exactly what you're doing with your TikToks. And so what it's doing for me anyway, when I watch them and the first time I watched them, I just thought, wow, this takes me back to play, to remembering how fun it was to create something out of maybe something that was already there, like opera or the specific opera that you selected. It makes people go out and say, well, what is this opera? And then it makes people say, well, wait a minute, if he's listening to it, and he's not really a performer, but he's listening to it. He's finding other ways to be really creative and fun and engage people. Why can't I? I love your story times on TikTok. Yes, I feel like I have a very loyal, very loyal following, but most of them are not, they're not musical. Some are musical people, but a lot of them are people that have just randomly, I don't know how they found it. They're not familiar with opera at all. So actually I've, I've had a surprising number of people have said, oh, you know, I've gone and listened to this now, or um, it's made me interested in this. And, um, or I'm going to go to the opera. I also, there's a certain number of younger people because TikTok is very young. And some people have a policy of like, not, you know, not responding or dealing with young people. But for me, I feel like I don't have so many, but I think I have a couple very loyal, like 13, 14 year olds who like classical music. And I feel very strongly, I want to support them mm -hmm. and sort of encourage them. Uh, but People, I think, um, because what I do, it's a combination of like, it's funny. I'm trying to be funny to a degree, but I also like the costumes that I draw. So my whole thing, starting with that one helmet, it's gotten more and more elaborate over time. Are you and a professional still, artist? I, I no, I'm not. Ask. I'm oh, not at cool. all. I, I'm an editor and translator. And actually, I teach also English at a college. And I don't have an art or musical background, but I grew up with that. I drew as a kid. I loved art. And it's the same with music. I mean, and my parents encouraged it. I feel like we had more free time to play as kids yeah, than kids sure. do these There was days. no technology. I mean, there no. were, when, when I was in, okay, I'm dating myself, but I went to a small all-girls school. And I remember the nuns being so excited to get these new computers it, and yeah. there were no cell phones, you know, that show stranger things. Yes. And they talk about, well, how come the parents never know where the kids are? Because we had no cell phones and you had to come home when the lights, the street lights came on. That's exactly how I grew up. And I mean, yeah. I grew up like stranger things. That's, I was that age. Like mm -hmm. I was that age when that happened. That's exactly my mm -hmm. And that's very much how I grew up. I grew up in suburban Chicago. It was a lot like that. It's exactly as you said. We were just out all running around, parents. making up no our idea own where stuff. We were. You know, being creative. I remember I was always influenced by a TV show and having these creative plays that we would do with my friends. Yes. Oh my craziness! But how do and you just, love Sweden? Do you find it more creative there and this accessibility to being creative? I really like Sweden. I mean, I've lived there 25 years Beautiful. now. I'm very, I'm, I'm quite happy there. But I think it's, it's a, it's quite different society from the U.S. In some ways, it's similar, and on the surface, it's similar aside from the language. But there's much more of a sort of people need to conform. It's a much more conforming thing. Yeah. So it's less, 
creative that way. But in other ways, it's more creative. There's so much more money for the arts and things like that. The government supports it on a whole other level. Swedes are really good at music. And the difference, I think, is that they sing more. It's everywhere. Yes. And also, there's just traditions beyond like Christmas where you sing, but Midsummer. There's just certain songs that are, and everyone learns them. So I think people are much more, it's a much more singing kind of culture. So people learn it and there are a lot of choirs and Have it's not of- religious, but mm-hmm. it's, there are just so many choirs. And yeah, always an opportunity to listen to music, to hear music. It's always around. And cheaper. It's much cheaper. Accessibility, opera, right? Accessibility. Yes. Have you thought about going into the schools with your the opera buffalo? I don't I don't know. I think it would be fun in a way and I this is unrelated in a way, but when uh, when I do teach, so I teach I teach business English for sales and marketing and stuff. I do I make my students do TikToks. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> just just not music ones. They have but I make them do a TikTok. But I haven't really I mean, I think I feel like I just don't I don't have the connections in a way here to probably do that so much and I haven't had so many people reach out to me here and I don't know the TikTok algorithm I I just don't know how it works and I think most of my followers are not Swedes it's Mm -hmm. mostly people from the U.S. I think Mm -hmm. so it would be a little hard but it it could be fun uh, I think to do it and the thing about it also I think like I started out with this doing a costume so I have a lot of different ways that I do them so art songs for instance often the art song itself tells a story Mm -hmm. so when I do those I do them differently than just sort of lip syncing to and with the costumes I try to find the original costume from the original production and draw that somehow but when I do art songs I sort of look at what is the text and what is the story they're trying to tell. Do you have any other projects that you're working on or where would you like to see Opera Buffalo go in, let's say, the next year? Well, or is it just I something mean, I think still fun for you? I want to reach out a little bit more actually to the Swedish Royal Opera, which is the main opera company in Sweden. Uh, or in Stockholm, as well as um, we also have Folk Operan, which is the people's opera. Mm-hmm. And they do operas. They're actually more creative than the Royal Opera, but they do all their operas in the Swedish language. So it's a little more accessible for people. But I've thought about reaching out to them because I feel like um, opera houses, they really they really need to, they should be on TikTok and they need to be doing something I agree. on TikTok. I agree. There's only one, the Malmö, which is the third largest city in Sweden. They are on TikTok and I follow them and they follow me. And so we've had back and forth and they do things and they're smart. They sort of, the thing about TikTok is it's very meme driven um, if you start looking at it. So it's, using particular music and I think this is also why I haven't like gotten you know 100,000 followers because I I don't do memes in the same way I'm doing something different but they use memes and they do clever things with opera and they're trying to get pull people in to it and get young people because that to me this is what opera needs so much it needs more young people going to the opera 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think TikTok is really a great, it could be a great tool because it's visual and it's it's audio also. So they need to be doing creative things. I mean, there's so many things you'd want to see. You know, I want to see the costumes. I want to try on the costumes. I want to hear people rehearsing and uh, be behind the scenes and running around and all those kinds of things that I think you could present easily on TikTok that are harder to present in the opera house itself and give people a different view of it, I think, yeah. <clears throat> that I makes you interested and want to see more. I totally agree. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bert. I really appreciate everything that you're doing for the arts, everything that you're doing for opera, being an arts advocate in your own way. Tell everyone where they can get in touch with you. On TikTok, The Opera Buffalo, and just one word, The Opera Buffalo is my handle. Yes, thanks so much, Bree. Good luck, and it's fun to be on.